once you know what the brand stands for, then you can build sonic territory of the brand. Most of the time, it's a 30 to 45 seconds composition that will support all the brand's key values and that is meant to be adapted according to the different touch point of the brand from TV, radio, digital content, UI, UX, vocal identity, on-home music, customer service line, podcast, pretty much everything you can imagine. Once sounds is involved, you can relate to that and adapt your DNA to it. Welcome to the Sound in Marketing podcast. Valentine Fleur is the head of strategy and the managing director in Canada for Cisium Sun. Before that, he worked as group account director for Havas Paris, developing numerous brand platforms across all industries and sectors. Val joined the Cisium Sun team in 2016 to offer his strategic skills and promote his sonic branding expertise in Canada and North America. He has spent 13 years building engaging branded experiences and driving fully integrated global marketing strategies and advertising campaigns. He has worked with clients such as Mercedes-Benz, Smart, Cobuzz.com, Shure, Teeds, Westfield, Royal Bank of Canada, Kingfisher Group, and Bank of Luxembourg. Welcome to the show, Val. Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. Could you introduce uh, your, your company, Cesium Sun, and what they do? So Cesium Sun is a, is a global pioneer and, and one of the few leaders um, in, uh, in Sonic branding. We've, we've been on the market for 25 years. We're celebrating our 25th anniversary this year. Very happy about this. We are basically serving our clients around the world. We're based in the US, we're based in Spain, we're in Russia, Australia, and also in France. Yeah, over the past 25 years, we created more than 400 Sonic brands from banking, retail, sports, and, and uh, pharmaceutical companies, automotive. We're a team of 40 brand experts. We don't consider ourselves music experts. We consider ourselves brand experts. I insist on that. And, um, and like I would say any branding agency, our goal is to, um, it's to add clarity, it's to add impact and, and bring value to brands. Um, the only difference is that we leverage a sense that goes beyond sight because we use the power of, of sound, music, uh, and voice. We're not a music house. We don't do jingles. And uh, we're not too much interested of, about licensing the, the latest uh, Dua Lipa track or whatever beautiful track that's out there. We mostly focus on brands. And can you kind of explain the word that's circulating now is a sonic DNA of sorts. How can you explain what a sonic DNA is as opposed to licensing a music track or having a jingle even? Basically, our, our aspiration is, is, is about creating a distinctive and, and engaging sonic uh, environment for brands. To do that, you have to have a clear understanding of what the, the brand is, uh, what the brand is in the now. So what, what are this, its challenges, its aspiration, and where it wants to go. Also know what's its legacy, what's its history, uh, find out you know, what it's still alive today. Once you answer those questions, once you know what the brand stands for, then you can build what, we, what you just said, what we call the sonic DNA. And basically, the sonic DNA is that expression. It's that sonic territory of, of the brand. It's, uh, most of the time, it's like a, a 30 to 45 seconds composition that will support all the, brand, the brand's key values and that is meant to be adapted according to the different touch point of the brand from TV, radio, uh, digital content, uh, UI, UX, vocal identity, on-home music, 
customer service line uh, podcast. Pretty much everything uh, you can imagine. Once sounds is, is involved, you can relate to that and adapt your DNA to it. And I would imagine in this day and age where there's more and more outlets for your sonic branding to actually come forth. Um, now we've got not just the internet, but we have so many different platforms. Podcasting is huge. Um, just sounds and games. There's, there's so many outlets, so many different yes. audio touch points that we have now that is so imperative for a brand to pay attention to this, that it's not just like, you know, what we were referencing before. It's not just picking out a song for licensing. It's not just about a jingle for your campaign. It's, it's the entire DNA. And, and in my opinion, I think it should be right there along with your marketing, your music strategy should be in there as well. And, um, speaking of smaller touch points, one thing that I've been focusing on is headphones and earbuds and the fact that people are on the move and they're listening yeah. to things constantly the sound that they're hearing is not just a sound adapted for a broadcast TV ad or even just a TV in general. Now you have this very sensitive representations, uh, very sensitive experiences that people are having with sound. Yes. How would you go about uh, seeing or hearing that sound differently than for a larger capacity sound? We are the, the fortunate clients of a uh, headphones and earbuds uh, manufacturer. But before I, I talk, to, talk to you about what we do, most of the time, you know, we, we, bond, we bond into all kinds of different brands. Sometimes they have like a Sonic approach and they have a Sonic logo and they want to refresh it. Sometimes they have nothing and you have to start from scratch and zero. And sometimes, and like in this particular case, um, this company knows a lot about music, knows about Sonic. Uh, you know, they partner with musicians uh, and composers. So basically, they wanted us to um, create a, a, um, a UX, uh, a user experience that was not only meaningful, but also functional at the same time. So basically, we had to trigger engagement and build up a very unique vocabulary for them in less than a second. I mean, one action had to be less than a second. It's not like it's pretty new to us at all. Everything that we mostly do is, um, you know, adapted from the DNA. The good thing about the DNA is you can find your proper texture, the texture that makes your uh, sound so unique and recognizable. But here, they didn't want to talk about music. They don't want to hear about music. They didn't want to have this melodic approach to sound. They wanted to, once again, a very functional approach to sound. So we had to come up with a non-musical approach and that's when you know that's when texture comes into play i mean to give you just a, a an, an example i mean if you just find and you work on a crystal clear texture you know that could be expressed through a piano notes for example that could evoke a sense of purity or stress-free experience and that's what we did for example for paris airport you can build your vocabulary out of this if you think about a sharp synthesized notes, you can convey something that's clear, that's more about efficiency, um, engineering precision, or your texture could be also, you know, organic. It could be also vocal. And, you, and all of a sudden you get a, you know, organic community feel and you can expand your vocabulary out of. Once you found this texture and you add those, you know, notes, those ascending, descending, those loops, those pulses, those acceleration, then uh, we, we start to create what we call 
the, the sonic device intimacy. You create this relationship between the user and the device, but with this texture, you know, that's the only, only you can own, then you create this very specific relationship to the device and to the brand as well. Though you have to be very careful that, you know, there's only like a certain amount of, of noises and notification and, and sound that people can relate to, especially if they are less than a second. You cannot come up with an experience that includes like 25 different sounds. I would say that eight to 10 sounds is the, the best kind of experience you can think of. And I think with uh, a sonic DNA, it may seem like a big project, and it is at first. You have to put a lot of thought into it in the very, very beginning. But when you come to aspects like these micro melodies and UX design and um, just all these different audio touch points that you will inevitably have to touch on, do you see any way near range sounds in headphones and earbuds that these sounds and music can create a more community driven experience? For instance, I was talking with uh, a couple of guests a, w- a while back and they were talking about how Bluetooth headphone or earbuds now have the capacity to share. Uh, I believe it was the the iPods and I think they're working on this on some other things too. But like if you were listening to a podcast and you really liked it, you could share that with your spouse or your friend or your family member and they could experience it as well. Do you see anything coming around the bend that could give more of a community driven experience? I think it's it's always great to talk about and think about community, especially through a pandemic, especially for brands that they, they want you to feel part of their community. So how can you create that when everybody's kind of away from each other? You know, the first image that comes to mind is those silent, dense parties and everybody's wearing headphones and they are dancing to the same music, but only them, themselves can hear. And I have to say, I was, uh, I've never experienced those kind of things. So I, w- I wish I can do that uh, sometimes. Bose had something interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you heard about this um, augmented reality uh, frames that they developed uh, in 2018. And, and unfortunately, they dropped that uh, in June this year. But I, I thought this concept had great potential because basically they were, they were partnering with um, different apps providers such as Yelp and, and TripAdvisor. And, and according to your localization, you could, you know, they would push you a certain amount of content and ratings and information. And, and I thought, I, w- I was really looking forward towards where this was going. I think the, um, the tourism industry could definitely benefit of that. I'm, I'm a huge podcast fan. And, and sometimes I wish I could, you know, like be pushed some content instantly in real time. A couple of years ago, I was thinking about, you know, developing a, um, it's funny you mentioned Bluetooth, like a geolocalized Bluetooth feed system. So basically you're in Venice Beach, and you pick up the city of Los Angeles Bluetooth feed. And according to your localization, it would like automatically push you music. If you're next to the, you know, like music, the best playlist when you're uh, standing by the skate park or tourist information, because you're maybe standing in front of uh, George Floyd mural and you want to know what it's all about, who drew it, uh, why it was drawn, it was drawn there, et cetera, et cetera. Or you're just like at the bus stop and you're like, okay, you have the feed telling you while you were waiting and the 25 is coming in five minutes. I think this, that could be interesting. And also something we, I've been discussing with a couple of clients uh, in the um, tourism industry and and airline companies. You know, it's funny how you arrive at the airport and uh, when you look at your phone, you like you start picking up the Wi-Fi signal. I think it'd be interesting to create a, an app where the brand 
pushes you like a, a whole experience from when you arrive at the airport until you get to your seat in the plane through Bluetooth as well. They push you music, information, they have arts of all types within the, the airport as well. So according to your localization, they could push you like this very immersive experience. I think people want to feel like special and also they want to share maybe the same experience at the same time. So you have to find common grounds in between the two things. And that's why I think a Bluetooth feed could be something interesting to explore, especially in the uh, tourism industry. I love that. I, I do believe I've been doing a little research about that as well. And I think that the tourism industry definitely has an opportunity for this, especially when you're walking around. Like I, I was thinking recently about, you know, going back to the nineties and you're walking around with your, your discman yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you're having an experience, you're, you're controlling the music cause you've got your CD in there. Um, but you're having this experience and you're walking around and if your environment plays into what you're listening to, yes. Um, if they, if they co coincide together, that experience, uh, maybe it's just cause I'm a composer. I don't know, but that experience becomes magical. Like you, you just have this moment. And I feel like a lot of times when you can, yeah, when, when you can draw into your environment and what you're listening to that you remember that and you'll remember that sometimes for the rest of your life. Like I have specific songs that I know exactly where I was when that, when that song really touched me and what was going on. Sometimes I can even smell what was around me, like depending on how strong it is. I totally relate to that. I, I really feel like that sort of experience using environment and um, the capacity or the capability now that we can be anywhere listening to anything. I think it's such a strong strong possibility, a strong opportunity. And you engage on a, as you said, like an, an emotional level, you know, I, I, it's funny you mentioned, you know, like how music triggers that definitely um, increases the, the feel that you get at one moment. I was watching on YouTube, somebody that was listening to one of my favorite albums from Radiohead called uh, OK Computer. And the feeling of seeing him react to the tracks that I liked felt really great. And I could relate to his emotions. I wish I could experience them for the first time. But yeah, if you could all play the same, also like hear the same playlist at the same time in the same moment, you could share this kind of expression with a broader community. And I think that's pretty first fascinating and also super, uh, super powerful for brands. So yeah, it's definitely something we could explore. Not to go too far into this, but your experience uh, you know, walking down the street, listening to music and having an experience with your environment is going to be different than mine. And that's okay. But if it's positive, if you've, if you've drawn into that experience, it's still individualized, but it is community driven. And it's something that you can talk about. My husband and I were actually working on a documentary uh, short series about craft beer. And one of the things that they talk about uh, the the company that we interview is that people will come in and they're all different ages, all different ethnicities, all different backgrounds, um, socioeconomical, everything's different, but they come down and they sit down and they, they um, come together over a craft beer. And the conversation that might start is when did you have your first craft beer? What was it? What was your experience? And they can bond over this, this thing that they agree on. And the beautiful thing about it was they said that these people that you would never think that would become friends are not only talking in these breweries and these tap rooms, but they're coming in together the next week. So 
you know, if you can draw together a common understanding like sound and music, you could bring together a global community. Like I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because I really, truly feel that there is a huge power um, if used intentionally on this. So, I mean, that's exactly what we do. You know, like another another word for sonic DNA is uh, we call it the, the bonding agent. It's musical ingredients, but they, they are meant to not only represent your brand and your and, and define your sonic ecosystem, but also bring your core assets together. So you bring all the people, all your consumers, all your clients, all your travelers together as well. And that's what music allows you to do. Audio touch points are not only increasing, but they are becoming smaller and smaller pockets of expression. If you have a sonic territory understanding and a sonic DNA in place, you can then start building your sonic device intimacy. For more of the Sound and Marketing Podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. For inquiries on producing and developing your own podcast, or for inquiries on sonic branding and sonic branding consultation availabilities, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.